passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the eighteen that makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello everybody and welcome to Rewind a Raw. It's John Pollock and Wei Ting. Welcome to another week at Post Wrestling. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, doing swell. Any particular reason? Um, it's Monday. I typically like Mondays. I think I think Mondays sometimes get a bad rap. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. It's a fresh start. It's a new week. You get to look ahead. It's not that bad. I think that's why people don't like it because they look ahead and they're like man i got all this stuff to do i i always find tuesday to be like a weird day tuesdays really yeah Hmm. why it's just kind it doesn't have its own kind of a distinction to it you know what i mean i feel every every day of the week it has uh something you know wednesday's your midway through thursday's a very underrated day and friday's the end of the week your weekend is spoken for Tuesday is just all by itself. It's just, it's Tuesday. What, what more is there to say about Tuesday? Tuesdays used to be when Full House aired. So, um, at least for me. Okay. So, so I, w- I would always look forward to Tuesdays for that reason. Um, so for 30 years, you have been empty on Tuesdays. I mean, I, I think I just have res- residual, like, you know, appreciation for Tuesday just from my childhood. Okay. It's, like it's there. I mean, if you had to rank all your days of the week, it was like the it was like most of the matches tonight, just there for you. Huh? <laughs> well, there was, um, yeah, there were a lot of matches on tonight's show. A lot of um, people that were look at these guys just uh, un- un- unabashed. Poison Rana in the chat room saying Tuesdays are great. That is correct, of course, because Poison Rana will be hosting up next on Tuesday. So, I mean, what do you mean you have nothing to look forward to, John? Up uh, next. You're right. You're right. I mean, that really, it, it almost bleeds into Wednesday, but you're right. There, There's your Tuesday night staple right there. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, did you get up to anything fun this weekend? Oh, trying to think. Um, yeah, I'm sure I did. Um, nothing notable enough that, you know, is top of mind right now. But we I'm missed sure you. Uh, we missed you on Saturday night. Uh, a few of us went out for dinner, but unfortunately, uh, you were tied up. A very legitimate excuse, but I... Uh, Almost, almost got to see you on the weekend. Who was all there? It was, it was a party way on, uh, we had, uh, we went to a, a Korean restaurant as mm-hmm. selected by one WH Park, who also, Korean. 
who, uh, yes, and we were joined by Mike Murray and the great Dan the Mouth Lavransky. Ooh. But bike and all. Yes, we, uh, we got to catch up. It was a fantastic meal. Something that has never happened before was uh, Mouth and I, we ended up ordering the same thing. We, we, had, we had ordered a bunch of stuff for, for, the, uh, for the group. And then we both said, we're, we're both going to get this. And the guy's like, why don't I bring you one? It's like, okay, is it, is it big? It's like, I think you'll just want one. And he brought us the one. It was a very good call. We were like, we were all pretty full by the end of this meal. And I, I genuinely like was thankful. I was like, that, that guy was looking out for me. I appreciated this sentiment because he could have just thrown us more food and I probably would have forced myself to eat it. Uh, and then felt even worse afterwards. But nonetheless, very, very kind of this, this waiter, this. Yeah. Not, not too often that you get people like downselling you. That's true. Yeah. No, I, I mean, clear, you know, clearly uh, deserves a good Yelp review, I would say. Maybe, maybe we always go with the negative on Yelp. Maybe I will, I will go track this place down and leave a positive review just based on that. Um, Why don't you give him a shout out right now? I don't know his name. I don't even know the name of the restaurant, to be honest. Okay. I, uh, so, All right, whatever. I don't know what the name was, but the food was fantastic. It was, it was very good. It's one of those. Korean, wow, Korean this, food usually is. You can't. This go place wrong. has been this close to me all this time, and I've never been here. It, it was that kind of a place. Like a, a, mm-hmm. a one hundred percent would go there again. Right on. All right. Yes, it's awesome. All right. Well, this week we've got. Um, what do we have coming up? Way we've got. Uh, we've got a lot, John. It's a Monday. You know, it's your thing, John. You look forward ahead. You love this. This is what you live for. You know what I spent? Ahead. You know what I spent a lot of hours uh, doing over the weekend? Uh, was uh, breaking down uh, na- April of 1992 and making notes for this show tomorrow. There's a mm-hmm. lot. There's oh, a yeah. lot. Okay, folks. I've got some book excerpts. Are you ready? Book Are you ready? Excerpts. Okay, yes, please. Yeah. We're going back to April of 1992. Way and I will be reviewing WrestleMania... V I I I eight every yeah. every kid's uh, Roman numerals education coming out of uh, either the Super Bowl or WrestleMania. Uh, this featuring Sid Justice against Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage against Ric Flair, where the concept was that Ric Flair was threatening to dox Miss Elizabeth and post nude photos of her if you bought the pay per view to get under yeah. the skin of Randy Savage. Quite the um. You know, nefarious uh, deed from one Ric Flair here. Yes. Uh, yeah. You, um, you associate 1992 as such a kid's product, except when, you know what, business is down. We need a good revenge porn angle for yeah. everyone to buy the pay-per-view for. Guess what? They they did not do such a thing on this pay-per-view. But Bobby Heenan was more than happy to uh, look at these photos if they would appear some magical way in the Hoosier Dome. And like with with most criminal acts, um, you you tend to solve it with a wrestling match. So we shall see if uh, justice prevails. Um, literally, uh, in in that match and in the main event. Very good. That's coming up on Tuesday. Other highlights include uh, Skinner's lone WrestleMania match. I think. Uh, Great. Yes. What a way to uh, sell it. (laughs) Money Incorporated against natural disasters. Roddy Piper versus Brett the Hitman Hart. That's really all you need to know. I mean, Flair Flair and and Savage as well. But, I mean, for me, Roddy Piper versus Brett the Hitman Hart. I'm very much looking forward to talking about that. Yes, we will look into this 
two blade jobs on this show, but only one person or one one match got fined. Find out who. <laughs> who was the better blade jobber on this show? I don't think people have to guess too hard. Also coming up this week, um, pretty loaded editions ad- of NXT Tuesday night with their New Year's Evil card. So Poison Rana will be live Tuesday night at 10.15 Eastern Time on the Post YouTube channel. And then Wednesday night, a very big edition of Dynamite. So a lot of big wrestling coming up over the next 48 hours. On Friday, Way and I are splitting up for one night. I will be live with uh, John Cena. Actually, let me ask you this question. Will I be live on Friday night? Is this is this doable? I think it's doable. I think we can have like two different streams. I think I think it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, John Cena and I will be live after the Hard to Kill pay-per-view that Impact is putting on Friday night. So that will be our post-wrestling cafe show on Friday night, meaning Rewind to SmackDown is going to be free Friday night at 11 with Wei Ting and the great Kate from Montreal. Yeah, we're going to go head to head and really see who wins. Well, you will win. Um, I think ma- it's probably true. Uh, much you're, fewer you're people are watching the, the, the Friday the Thirteenth pay per view on on Friday. True. But yes, uh, only three hours of wrestling that you two have to review this Friday, unlike this past Friday. Well, I mean that's too bad, but you know I, I look forward to your show, and um, you know uh, those of you who don't normally listen to Rewind a SmackDown because it's in the Post Wrestling Cafe will get a chance to sample it this week with me and Kate. So I look forward to that. And. The logo that everyone gets excited when they see it come up each month. The NWA podcast will be live Saturday night with Chris, Andrew, and Nate Milton. They have a lot to discuss on the first NWA podcast of 2023. So look out for that live on the Post YouTube channel Saturday night. Don't forget in the Post Wrestling Cafe, we've got the latest edition of Postmarks coming out on Saturday as well. Talking to a good friend of ours, Rory. So uh, Rory from... I think he's from Melbourne. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. I'm sorry, Rory, if that's wrong. But uh, Rory from Australia will be on that show in the Post Wrestling Cafe feed. Also Sunday, WrestleNomics Radio. Um, bound to be a really, really fun year for WrestleNomics Radio this year. Yes, they had a great show on Sunday going through. Well, what we will discuss as well coming up, some potential buyers of WWE, what makes the most sense, and uh, breaking down this whole Vince McMahon story with uh, Brandon and Jesse on, uh, on, the, on the show while... Uh, Chris was behind the Buffalo Bills, who will be taking on Miami this weekend as the, the, the NFL playoffs begin. Are you counting down to the, the playoffs? Who's your team, boy? Um, Just say the Bills. Just go with the Bills. They're the sentimental sure, favorite this year. Yeah, okay. Sure. That's right. Yes. Okay. Very excited. Are you going to watch the Super Bowl this year, maybe? I, I think uh, it depends on the on the halftime show. You know, that that's about as much as I'll watch. Who's doing I mean, it this year? Rihanna? I don't know. Super Bowl me. halftime. I show. know nothing about the world besides professional wrestling, John. And I barely know anything about that. Why am I Googling this when we have a chat room? Uh, it will be Rihanna performing at the Super Bowl. If you want to know show. anything, any any bit of information, just say the wrong thing. Oh. And I guarantee you 30 people will message you um, to let you know the truth. Yeah, so. yeah. It's it's never a, hey, enjoyed the show, or, uh, man, you, you really got that match time correct. Uh, that you will never hear. It is, <laughs> it is the Yelp concept in my life. We're guilty of it too, aren't we? I, I love it. Okay. Postwrestling.com is where you can get all of your latest news. Uh, forum.postwrestling.com. You can subscribe to our channel. We are uh, we are on the road to uh, 247,000 subscribers. So if you could just bump us up, we would appreciate it. If you are the uh, 247 hundredth 
247,000. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll give a special well, prize. I think it'll be a while before we get there. Not if everyone just. Uh, Let's work on 1300 first. Thir- or 13,000. We passed 1300. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're okay on, on that, on that side. This is a, you know, it's a slow and steady race that we are going on. You ready to get into some newsways or anything else? Anything else you want to get out of your system? Not at all. Um, maybe Not the news. Okay. I'm good. My system's uh, nice and clear. Almost went to see a movie this weekend, Way. Almost went back to a movie theater. What movie? I was going to take Max to see. I looked at the movies. I was like, I want to go see a movie. What can I go watch with him? So mm-hmm. I played him the trailer for the, the Puss in Boots movie. Have you seen the trailer for this at least? Or heard I think of the movie? I, I think I missed the Puss in Boots trailer. This is a, this it. is a very well known movie. So I played him the trailer. It's like this is going to be easy. He'll just he'll love this idea. He watches it. Doesn't even get through the trailer. He laughs like I'm not going to watch this. And I was like, oh, so we're not going to the movie? No, no, we're not. So clearly, did not, did not get out. But this this was going to be my return to a movie theater. Post-pin. So you you were interested in Puss in Boots? No, it was more so I just wanted to go to a movie. And this was my choice of taking my five-year-old of like what what was going to be appropriate for him to see. I wasn't going to take him to see Babylon. I also had to look at okay. length as well. I mean, 90 minutes is kind of the limit of, okay, I could get him some popcorn and then he'll probably be wanting to play on my phone before the end of this thing. But maybe we could. Okay. Well, I hope you find a movie that suits you soon. And and shout out Denji and also One Up versus CPU for saying that they actually enjoy the show. We appreciate the positive reinforcement. Uh, see, he, he was he was questioning whether or not I would pop it up. And there you go. I did it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> nice comments are the ones that keep on giving. I'll tell you, I, I do want to see this movie, Babylon. It's literally the runtime is over three hours. And when I compute, like getting to the theater watching this the trailers at the beginning and then getting like i'm looking at like i've got to carve out like five hours of my day who who has this time that just is how long is the movie again it's three hours okay that's a long time like three hours and change i mean depends how how much you want to see the movie and and these days like i kind of go like unless you want to see the trailers like you can step in 15 minutes late I know I could, and I probably would. I don't. I don't care about what's what's coming up next. But it's just a long time. It's a long time. Like imagine this movie played at two o'clock. Okay, two o'clock is a reasonable time in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. But it's like I'm leaving my house by like one one fifteen, and if it starts at two, with trailers and such, like dude, I'm probably not getting home till like six thirty. That's so long. That's a huge. That's that's your. What else are you going to be doing at home? Okay, how 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 precious are your is your extra hour? I'll right? tell you See? what I would be doing. I would be going through fifty two weeks of WWE stock figures, like I did today, and correlating them with different events they had over the past year, and seeing how the stock responded to them. That's that's why I'd be depriving people of that that information, that knowledge, because John went to go see Babylon. Well, thank you for the that. That will be my next news the- update. Here's my Babylon review. I, I'm sure there'd be plenty of people that would appreciate that, just like yeah. they're, I'm sure they're appreciating this conversation instead of the the, the news and, and raw review right now. I, I okay. tell you what they would appreciate at the bottom in the comments. Surprised you didn't notice uh, Keanu Reeves cameo. Surprised. What? Is that a spoiler? No, it's not a spoiler. I don't think Keanu Reeves is in Babylon. Well, I mean, anyway, uh, since we're interacting so much with the chat room, Sorensis, Babylon was awful, John. Don't okay. do it. 
I, I, I appreciate I appreciate people's feedback, but when it comes, especially when it comes to movies, I don't put any stock into other people's opinions of, of movies because I've, I've seen really? so many movies that people hate that I've enjoyed, and vice versa that people have raved about that I have not. So reviews do not impact me at all. So I think everyone can have their different opinions. Great, great advice for a review podcast. Think of all the things you wouldn't expose yourself to if people told if people around you said, "Nah." What if someone told you, "Why, ah, kids, they're they're not for me." I'd respect their opinion. <laughs> That's it, but it wouldn't it wouldn't change your uh, your your focus, your your desire. Wouldn't. Okay. Well, I'd love to hear your review whenever you get to watch this three hour movie. Okay, Way's looking at his watch. He's got to get going. So let's get into the news from over the weekend. We're going to start off with uh, just a, a quick discussion on a uh, Johnny Powers, who you know, a native of of Hamilton. That, you know, kind of like the, the Sharp brothers, uh, a native of Hamilton, but a huge part of his legacy is in Japan. Um, he was somebody that got involved in professional wrestling through, you know, just a stream of, you know, people that trained under uh, Jack Wentworth in Hamilton and then made his debut in uh, the, the Detroit territory around 1960. He you know, he wrestled a lot of big names, including uh, Bruno San Martino during San Martino's first run as WWWF champion. He challenged Gene Kaniski for the NWA title um, at one point uh, as a heel managed by uh, Bobby Davis, who is someone that has gained a lot more, um, I would say, um, support over the last couple of years when it comes to the Observer Hall of Fame as a manager that should be in there. One of the all time great managers um, that was uh, forever linked with uh, with Buddy Rogers, especially. But, you know, when you think about Johnny Powers, it wasn't just wrestling, but also uh, he ended up running the the Buffalo territory along with uh, Pedro Martinez, who owned it. And they ended up uh, branching out into Ohio and syndicating the program, which I mean, if this tells you the the top star, the their show was called Championship Wrestling with Johnny Powers. So it'd be like Friday Night Smackdown with Roman Reigns, okay? It was like, this guy was not leaving this territory. So, and they, you know, this is in the 70s, and they were syndicating it into Japan, into Mexico, different markets. And he made his his first tour of Japan in, in 67, and... The the big link was, you know, he he wrestled uh, Anoki on multiple occasions. And then when Anoki had formed New Japan, it was Baba that had the pipeline with All Japan to the NWA and access to the NWA champion for Anoki. They did not have that relationship. And therefore, Anoki had to come up with different concepts, whether it was bringing in real, uh, you know, Olympians and presenting himself as that big star. But when, when it came to a world championship, that's when they, Anoki essentially bought the NWF title, which was the title in Buffalo and won it off of Johnny Powers in 1973. And this is when Anoki and New Japan had outright like bought the company. And Anoki held that belt for over a year before he lost it to Tiger Jeet Singh. But Johnny Powers was always very protected in New Japan and to the point that when it was Anoki's uh, 30th anniversary of wrestling, they came up with this concept called the greatest 18, which later became a championship, but it was of like the greatest 18 competitors with Johnny powers being one of those 18, but uh, powers also had involvement in the IWA promotion that Eddie Einhorn had originally launched and, and later left. And, 
then also was involved training at a, at Sully's gym for a time with Sweet Daddy Seeky and then retired from professional wrestling in 1982, but was involved in lots of different promotional outfits outside of wrestling. He even tried to kind of get in on what was MMA before Ontario could promote MMA in 2007 when it was not legalized in the, in the province is, you know, he put on a, um, an event that was basically submission wrestling and Taekwondo, but, you know, was also paying attention to that as well. Uh, a, a very, you know, colorful character as well. There has been, uh, you can see this article here from the Hamilton Spectator where they, they interviewed his wife and, you know, sadly he had, uh, a collapsed lung recently, which had led to pneumonia and had also talked about, um, Suffering from, you know, like dementia had had start to started to set in on him as well. So he was 79 years of age and had actually died on December 30th. So the news was kind of delayed getting out before um, it was reported over the weekend by Greg Oliver at Slam Wrestling, who also has a very good story on Johnny Powers. So he was he was like a very, you know, it it influential figure when it came to especially um, a Canadian that made a fairly decent sized impact in Japan, specifically uh, with new Japan. So uh, if you want to learn more about him, we do have a story up on the site and there is some interviews with him out there, but of course, a lot of that footage, especially from that Buffalo period, a lot of that stuff, it's, it's, it's very hard to, to come by when you're talking about that, that generation ago. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. WWE and Vince McMahon, um, not, not so much anything too much new to report on. And, uh, you guys did a great job kind of breaking it down on Friday way, but just looking over this past weekend and a lot of the names that have kind of emerged as potential buyers of this company. Are there any thoughts you had just in terms of what, what logically makes a fit for WWE and maybe putting aside just like the price tag attached to it? Because I think if we look at just sheer dollars that can be, throwing at WWE, the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund would probably have the most uh, liquid uh, finances to outbid anybody, um, you know, with with like Amazon, a, a distant second there. But in terms of just like what you see as a fit, if a sale were to go through, does do any of them stand out above the rest? Comcast, you know, absolutely. I mean, they're already uh, in bed with them with, with, of course, Raw and USA and also Peacock. Um, they've been paying them a lot uh, throughout their entire relationship with them. Um, and 
um, you stand to question whether, I mean, we've always discussed, you know, are they, I'm sure we've always discussed, um, like the possibility of them, um, no longer paying these fees every so, uh, every few years and, and as they continue to escalate and just outright buying it. I mean, if they had made that decision years ago, they probably would have ended up uh, breaking even maybe by now. Um, so I, I think they're probably the front runners in my opinion. Um, if there's a sale at all, um, probably the lack of sale might be the, the real front runner. But I mean, if that's a if possibility, you're, if you're selecting it from the list that seems to be, you know, be being uh, paraded around, I would say that. Um, but you never know. There could be a, a, a sort of a left field option. I mean, there are some options out there like like a Disney where I just I don't know how well like a WWE would fit in their portfolio. Yes, of course, you could change the product to be even more PG and, and suitable. Um, and, and maybe it's, it, it would make sense like in, in ways that I can't imagine right now, but, um, Disney's a real interesting one when you give it a lot of thought because the, the immediate reaction is that one of WWE being in that, that Disney brand. And, you know, Bob Iger is coming back to Disney and he has, pulled off some massive deals when it comes to uh, acquiring like intellectual property, which is one of WWE's big selling features. This is not the level of, you know, Lucasfilm or Marvel, but it's, it's still of that, um, you know, level of deals that uh, Bob Iger has pulled off in the past. Um, Disney as well, like, you know, famously with Bob Iger, they got very cold feet at one point when they were discussing like the idea of buying Twitter and just realizing that this is we do not want to get involved in this at at, at the end and being mm-hmm. turned off by that. And for all of these companies, um, you know, the, the idea of, you know, and looking at, at Disney, what have they said over the past week when it comes to Dana White? Silence. And yep. if you're looking at we are just hoping to navigate and get through this. The idea of getting into bed with Vince McMahon uh, to me is, you know, are are you how much is Vince McMahon going to play a factor in in some of these people? He is now front and center with these sales talks. He is back on their board of directors. And is that going to give a concern to them? And the relationship they have with UFC, it's an interesting one in, in the sense of on one side, it's well, if we are looking at purchasing WWE, would we rather raise enough that we were even talking about buying UFC from Endeavor or the other side is just, we're happy to kind of rent the UFC product. It would be quite a different uh, task to be buying one of these companies that we maybe don't want to be so attached to um, in that sense. But do they own any sports leagues? Uh, Disney, they do. I'm, t- I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I, I don't believe like not any like that room. Let teams. us know if, if there's an answer to that, but I mean, not nothing, I guess um, that notable that I, I would recall. I'm just trying to think that they have in their portfolio, something similar. What's the most likely, you know, what's the biggest comparison point that they might have to WWE. Um, I mean, it, it's really, it's like by extension, it's like ESPN's relationship with, with the UFC, but that's not mm-hmm. an, an ownership stake that they have in it. But, you know, they certainly have seen the success the UFC has brought to ESPN plus, but it's also like this. It is still like WWE and UFC, as much as they have uh, become like these targets, they are still on the fringes of entertainment and, and sports to many people. And I think over this last week and talking about this coverage that Vince McMahon and Dana White have received, or rather the lack of attention they've received it reinforces that idea that these are still people on the fringe that are not of the same 
kind of coverage that we warrant to an NFL or an NBA if your equivalent was at the center of some of these stories. Right, right. Um, so people in the chat room, as uh, I was looking this up myself too, um, are mentioning that they used to own or, or do they still own the Anaheim Angels? Let's see here. You'd have to look that up. I don't know the exact. Nobody sold the Angels to agree to sell the Mighty Ducks and Disney. Okay, so believe that you used to own. Anyway, so that's Disney. Um, I think Endeavor is is obviously very interesting. You know, they they own the UFC and um, I think Endeavor is the one that. Again, if you're looking at this strategically, and that's going to be a big part of this is. Again, if you are WWE and it is sheer shareholder value and what is the most money we can get, you're probably looking at the at, at Saudi Arabia as a realistic option to sell this to. But if you're also looking at where is where do we place this company that in five years it is going to grow this company's market cap and grow this business in a in a major way through all of the different uh, vertical integrations, Endeavor and Disney to me would represent the, the strongest options, and I see Disney as a more distant option than Endeavor. Endeavor has has they largely had the UFC through the pandemic to get them through some very, very choppy waters. They have seen firsthand the success that UFC was a sale that a lot of people questioned in 2016 that today is viewed as a bargain. But again, WWE is, it is a different animal. And I would say it is, it is less of an accepted part of like the, the sports um, scene or diet of your fan base. than even UFC is that it Mm -hmm. is, you know, UFC is something that, if there's something major, it can be one of the top stories on SportsCenter. WWE is not going to be that. It's something different, but it's also something that I think Endeavor is very open to. And has there are a lot of parallels with UFC rather than comparing this to another sports league. In some ways, like, is it not even within closer in their wheelhouse, considering how, you know, how much of, um, I guess, um, uh, how much of uh, um, they're firmly in place in Hollywood and, as a and talent agency, a huge, you have the connection with uh, Endeavor and Dwayne Johnson. Like there, there, there's a lot of reasons to look at Endeavor as um, a, a lot of value um, attached to it as well. Uh, your, your, your streaming options like a Netflix and Amazon, it would really come down to um, first of all, just the idea of like Netflix getting into something in, in an ownership capacity. And this would be closer to live sports for them and how engaged they would want to be. Netflix is tough to me because you are not just buying programming. You're not even just buying like an F1 where it's X amount of races a year. Like this is a whole year round thing that like programming is one aspect of it. It's a merchandise house. It's a mm-hmm. live event touring company. It's pay-per-view. It's all these different facets that yes you have these departments that can run these things but it's something like netflix has never dealt with a it's lot labor, of what this it's labor laws you know related to like um entertainment or uh pseudo sport you know like mm-hmm. that 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 they have uh, i was uh, i would assume zero knowledge or expertise in. um is that something they is that a headache they would want to take on yes and and again if you are vince mcmahon and you go with the position that he wants to put himself into a position where I am needed to run this company. Like that's certainly uh, something you have to look at here. Like what, what group is going to 
have that belief that a Vince McMahon needs to be front and center in this whole thing because you have to imagine uh, that that is the play here. Like Vince McMahon is not looking to sell this thing off and then go back to his his quote unquote retirement either. Um, now, does he have a responsibility though? Though, like I mean, you know, when we're talking about um, a public traded company, of course, the responsibility is for him to take the best offer. If the best offer happens to not include him in charge, does like is he? Does he have to take that? He doesn't have to, but there is, you know, there, there is always like that fiduciary duty of, mm-hmm. um, but so why wouldn't he, he have to, y- you could argue though, like he pretty much put out the gauntlet last week that I need to be involved or I'm not going to improve, approve any of these deals, regardless of what's offered. Like if there was some, you know, if you're looking at this company going for seven or $8 billion and someone throws out, um, a number on the higher side of that. And Vince McMahon was saying, I, I'm not going to approve any of this. Um, yeah, you, you could have shareholder revolt. Um, if, if there is a, um, you know, if Vince McMahon is presenting himself as a, as a, as a restriction towards a, a sale that is going to be beneficial to all of these shareholders, it's, it's an interesting dance that he needs to play in, in mm-hmm. all of this, but ultimately like he is the, the, the controlling shareholder and then if as well, like the question that's come up and this would, I think, probably be limited to the Saudi Arabia option is enough money that could take this thing back private as well. Mm-hmm. Like a Not lot of a, like even if it was, on, uh, you know, even if Endeavor made a play, I mean, don't you think that that that, that would because you that they're not uh, are like, are they a public company? I don't believe Endeavor so. is a public company. Yes. Oh, Endeavor is. Okay. Yes. But so then, but their business with the UFC, how much of, of that is public? Um, it, There's aspects of like Endeavor and like UFC is like a subsidiary of Endeavor. So it's mm-hmm. like UFC itself is not a public company, but Endeavor so the WWE is. would be operated similarly. Um, Yeah. In, in, in theory, like WWE is public. So, I mean, Buying Meaning this. if Endeavor bought WWE, WWE wouldn't have to be as public with their information as they are now. Is that uh, correct? No, no. Like they would they would be buying like the, the controlling like like shares that would have the ownership of the company. But as long as – like you could spend enough that you could buy all your shares back, but that requires a lot of capital. And that that's why the, the Saudi Arabia option would probably be the only one that, that would be able to finance such a deal. Um, when you're right, talking about yeah. the billions attached to this investment fund and that it, like, you can't take that off the table either. Like this is a, this so when is a we're vi- talking about just to clarify for my stupid brain, you know, just when we're talking about people, this list that MJF has so kindly tweeted out, um, sorry, not this one, uh, this one here. Uh, we're talking about just not necessarily buying the company outright. Maybe they are buying outright, or maybe they're just buying at the least controlling shares. Yes, yes. I okay. mean, there would still be the the shareholder portion. So, and- can we rule out some sort of joint deal? No, no, because a lot of these companies, it's like they may need uh, financing to pull off a, a deal like this. If, if you're looking in the six to eight billion dollar range, um, and that's why they they stated in the um, the employee meeting on Friday that, you know, the options are a sale, a merger, or even going private. They did mention that in the meeting. So like a Comcast, for instance, which, you know, the Comcast one, um, I, I know Brandon Thurston has been more kind of uh, pessimistic about Comcast um, buying this company, but 
it all comes down to how valuable, like especially Raw, is to this company and how much money would be going to WWE in these next rounds of negotiations. Like, you know that they are going to try to retain Raw. And would it be that um, that catastrophic to lose Raw that the idea of buying the company becomes a, a realistic option for them because it's not just raw but also when the the network rights come up with peacock like losing all of these things when those deals come come due um it can affect several aspects of your business you also get to take fox or sorry uh smackdown from a competitor that's you know currently right now with fox um and maybe you get you get to put it you know in a beneficial time slot on one of your own networks it's going to do better than young rock on nbc yeah. So, I mean, just thinking about like what Raw and SmackDown combined would be worth in 2024. I mean, do you have a ballpark, John, of like, like, or at least like, like a rough estimate, you know, like it. Well, today, today we're year. looking at like the average. It's, it's around like 465 million for both for shows both on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would imagine like they, they are shooting for over like six to 700, I would imagine just, just for Raw and SmackDown. I would imagine talking an offer, like throwing numbers out there just like blindly right now, like or or not blindly your educated guess of like what what is WWE valued at right now? Is that information out there? I mean, they're they're valued at just under six billion. Right. So you would think. Like you think about this, like if if, if you're looking at, say, six hundred and fifty million dollars over a five year deal. Like at at a point you're thinking like why don't we just go all the way in and buy this thing and then in five years we don't have to go through this again where rights might be that much more um you know everyone's looking at these rights and are is there going to be some casualties here I don't believe WWE is going to be one of them AEW could um but if you're WWE you're like to me like they had been smooth sailing until the this Vince wrench was thrown into things and. You know, because of the sale, um, it was not the curveball. Maybe some expected that this was detrimental to the stock. It's been the opposite effect. But it is something where, if you're some of these companies, like this is viewed on the outside as uh, a power play. That there is a lot of instability. And what are you buying? Um, as opposed to a post Vince company that to me was a much more attractive company on paper than having this volatile figure in the middle of it. That very likely wants to assume a power position wherever the, this company is is sold to. And he's putting himself front and center to make sure that he is taken care of in a sale. Hmm. The thing is, though, like, I think if I was one of these companies, these major, major companies, um, is that that much of a concern? Are they that concerned about negative PR coming off of Vince McMahon? The bottom line is that when Vince was in control, this company was still very profitable, the, the most profitable it's ever been. Um, and is that ultimately what they care about? It's yeah. it's to me the difference between, again, like licensing content versus like buying it outright, that this is very much now you are in the business with Vince McMahon and this is your business. It's not like even ESPN who just gets to put out, hey, we just we just run the UFC content. We you can go refer to them. And ultimately ESPN will be fine. ABC will be fine. Disney will be fine, right? How how much is the public really pushing these stories? Yeah, it's it's something that I I do believe these companies do take into account those those factors. I don't think that that's ultimately going to be enough that that would 
sour them if they were uh, wanting the, this company. But I do think like being with Vince McMahon, like it's it is so- someone you're getting into business with that I think like there are enough you know caution flags up that it it is going to make people second guess wanting to be in business with this person and what what problems this can bring to us down the road like it's not just like if you're endeavor for instance okay look at what Ari Emanuel did after the Jamal Khashoggi murder mm-hmm. okay yep. and now you're in business with a company that is very much in bed with the government of Saudi Arabia that is making money off of multiple shows per year um that you are now going to have to absorb and now be at the forefront of. I'm very curious to know if you asked Ari Emanuel today, like, I mean, obviously like on the record, you'd probably say he wouldn't take it, man, but man, I just like, if you're, if you ask Vince, certainly he, he, he'd probably be like really glad that he took that offer and that they didn't jeopardize it. If you are looking at the the Saudi Arabia option, what do you Mm -hmm. feel the, uh, short term, of course, I think it would be large uh, of fans. Very, very negative. Do you mm-hmm. feel it would be something detrimental long term in terms of fans like that yeah. being their breaking point? Or do you feel it is something that ultimately people would not feel good about, but that they're not giving up the, the, this product that they enjoy? I think the answer is no. And I, th- I, 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 I hate to th- think, I don't even know if it's necessarily th- thick and lowly of people. Like it's just, uh, I think wrestling, it'd be one thing if it'd be like a movie or something like, you know, one particular pay-per-view or I don't know, um, maybe even a team, like, you know, but, but I think because wrestling is so ingrained into people's just like lives or like wrestling fans lives and the fact that the WWE largely still very much is a monopoly right now. You're going to get the hardcores that I think will, will, you know, for them, that, that'll be their breaking point. But for a lot of other people that have stuck around through all the other things that could have been justified as breaking points, the, the vast majority, I don't think they'll either not notice or they won't care. Yeah, I, I think people would be very naive to dismiss that option. And they'll because- do everything they can to minimize that news publicly, like meaning on their product, at least. Yeah, but I, I look at that one as. Where can you probably get the biggest price tag and where would Vince McMahon be most insulated in terms of an ownership group? Like, that's it. Like, the government of Saudi Arabia is not relocating to Stanford or running a wrestling company. They are investing. They are investing. Here are the keys and you guys run it. Like, that is going to be a very hands-off ownership would be my my strong assumption. Um and, but, but, and but, that but, very but much what is benefits. the trade off? But what 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 is what, what like ultimately what is what does Saudi Arabia want out of it? Saudi Arabia wants a commercial for Saudi Arabia. Exactly. So how much of that integration is going? Are you would you potentially see on on a daily WWE product? Not even just you know twice a year. Um, I I would certainly think like that would be uh, an aspect of the programming. Yes. Like more events in Saudi Arabia, I don't think you're looking at two a year. I think they're happening a lot more frequently. At that point, do you jeopardize your partnerships with the networks and advertisers? Well, that becomes a very difficult question to answer where these deals come up and like a a Saudi Arabia owned WWE, um, they're seeking these US TV deals and 
you know, it's it's not the same thing as Live Golf, but they've had, you know, they have their issues with the PGA, but it's also the Saudi Arabia funding that I think has made a lot of these broadcasters squeamish about getting into business with them is like when these TV deals come up, like like maybe a Comcast is more more than willing to you know, WWE is a proven product. It's not as though it's something that is a startup like Live Golf, but mm-hmm. now you are talking about the, this ownership that it is going to be, I think, more difficult to sell some of these rights, um, especially if you're talking about programming that is 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 promoting uh, a government that has a long history of human rights abuses that are going to be very sensitive to some of these companies that do not want to have that attachment. We got a couple people in the chat room reacting with WrestleMania in Saudi Arabia, WrestleMania in Saudi Arabia. Guys, we're not that far off from that even right now. Like, we, what do we have? Like, we have two events a year that profit beyond what WrestleMania makes. You know, there, it's, it's, these Saudi Arabia events are, like, in terms of grandeur, the same as WrestleMania. Other they than just they make more off one Saudi Arabia show than WrestleMania is going to make for them. I mean, yeah. it would be very much within their ability to stay 50 million for a show we'll give you 75 all they have to do is just change the name from crown jewel to wrestlemania and be the same and it's done anyway this is going to be a story that is going to be one to follow of course throughout 2023 um but a lot of these companies like you can make arguments for and against we didn't even get into amazon amazon's a really interesting one as well and Mm -hmm. the idea of raw and or smackdown going to a streamer or keeping one out there that you can still make, you could still license raw to a Comcast while putting SmackDown onto a Netflix or Amazon. Like these are all options on the table. You, you don't have to bring everything in house. If you're Amazon, you could still have, um, you know, rights that you can still benefit off of this, this brand of selling your network rights or selling at least one of your flagship shows. What, what do you think are the percentage chances of a uh, Warner Brothers Discovery getting in the game? Uh, very, very minimal. I I do not see them. Maybe in another time period, that would have been one to, to to look at, to be interested of them saying, hey, wrestling has worked for us, and now we're going to get uh, the bigger brand in WWE. I don't think they're in that position now. Um, I, I would have to – I don't think any of these you can put at 0%, but Warner Brothers Discovery would be very low. Which is, of course, you know, good for AEW. Good for AEW, but at the same time, why are Warner Brothers Discovery not going to be very active in this? And mm-hmm. what what is left for AEW? I mean, if if you go by, you know, people, you know, lamenting if if like the NBA is is brought back or not, like that could be good for AEW if if money is freed up. Like they do need programming, and on the in the grand scope of things, AEW is a steal when it comes to what you are um, what you are paying out. So you know, AEW does fit into all of this. There could be there could be good or bad uh, attached to AEW. They're they're much more of a wild card, um, I think, given all of these recent changes and and what what money is earmarked for them. All right, uh, let's just zip through a few more of these. Uh, Bola went down over the weekend with uh, Speedball Mike Bailey winning the tournament and defeating Konosuke Takeshita in the final after previous matches with Jordan Grace, Shun Skywalker, and Brian Keith. And uh, it sounded like night one. It sounded like both nights were really great shows, but uh, I saw a lot of people raving about uh, Konosuke Takeshita and Michael Oku on the first night. So that sounded like a match definitely worth going out of your way to see when it's available. But the big surprise was night two, where uh, Jonathan Gresham, Oku, 
Player Uno, Kevin Blackwood, and SB Kento were met by the Jericho Appreciation Society coming out, and it sounded like it was an incredible scene, and I know that you you called it, Way. We would get Chris Jericho and SB Kento in a ring together in 2023, and it happened. Um, I imagine a really that, strange, likely or unlikely somebody submitted. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see any like fan videos of it, but I just I can't imagine what the reaction was when they uh, when they heard Judas and Jericho coming out at, at the end. But that that was a really cool surprise, and it sounds like they they did a really good job of keeping it under wraps. It's really cool, you know, and I mean. Chris Jericho is incredibly smart when it comes to um, doing kind of out of the box things like these. Um, it gets them a whole lot of online buzz, even though like I, I really at this point question how many people even go to seek out PWG, like the several we- months or weeks that you have to wait to, to catch it. But really, the, this sort of online buzz and discussions like the one we're having are, you know, pretty much all the value that they they could probably, you know, be grateful to have. Yeah, I mean, there. To me, it's uh, if you are going to buy a, a digital download or, dare I say, a DVD in 2023, if you're a wrestling fan, PWG is probably what you're down to at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so coming up on the weekend of January 21st and 22nd, two shows at Yokohama Arena, uh, New Japan has put out their card uh, for the six, that is right, six singles matches between LIJ and Congo. Yes, way you are going to get Tadasuke. In one-on-one action against Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi and Hajime Ohara, Sonata against Manabu Soya, and then the two big ones, um, Shingo Takagi against Katsuhiko Nakajima and Tetsuya Naito against Keno. Uh, there will also be a bunch of uh, undercard matches, including Okada and Togi Makabe teaming up against Kaito Kiyomiya and Yoshiki Inamura putting the GHC and IWGP champions together. Um, and then some multi-man tags, but uh, the the big attraction are the six singles matches and the, the main two, which I would say are going to be tremendous matches, especially uh, Takagi and Nakajima. Um, but Naito too, I'm sure Naito is going to have his. Uh, I, I don't think this will be a, a shirt-wearing Naito for this match with Keno. Yeah, probably not. No. Um, so you know the fact that they're going so full on with this Congo versus Lij. Um, theme suggests to me that they're they might be holding back like big singles matches for like you know your tanahashis and your okadas um for future iterations of this so does it tell you how long that they plan on having this relationship annually i mean maybe they're just going to do it once a year well, it was it was somewhat surprising last year that you did this show it was a big success and no nothing following it up during the year like i thought we'd maybe get one or two noah reps in the g1 like there was nothing throughout the year so maybe it's just going to be annually they they go back and do these so um we will see how this does it's worth noting this is a separate pay-per-view so a new japan world subscription is not going to cover this show uh the next day is the great muda final bye-bye the final bye-bye before the final final bye-bye in February at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, this will be on Abema, Wrestle Universe, and Fight TV. And we have the opponents for Muda, Sting, and Darby Allen. They will take on Akira, Hakushi, and Naomichi Marafuji. Does he go by Hakushi normally? These days? Uh, Jinzei Shinzaki, mainly, yeah. Right, but he's being advertised as Hakushi. He's right? being advertised as Hakushi, yes. Yeah, I was just kind of curious if there's a reason for for that. Yes. Um, do you like this match way? Is this uh Yeah. 
I don't know what Jinsei looks like these days, like in ring. I, I mean, I, he looks I, good, man. He looks, he does not look that far off from what you would remember of him. Like even in like the nineties, like he, he looks very good. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. You know, um, I, I think Darby will be awesome. <laughs> like in there watching him with Jinsei Shinsaki, that, that to me would be a lot of fun. And, and really just, I think, you know, these matches, like I'm expecting, a lot of emotion, like, uh, you know, just, I think a, a great connection with the crowd and a lot of kind of like first time meetings between people that you would never expect to meet in the ring. So that it has my curiosity that way. Yes. Um, th- th- it should be something, you know, sting and Hakushi in a ring together, Darby and Marafuji together. Muda, yeah. hopefully, hopefully Muda's in a better mood than he was at the Tokyo dome. Um, I'm guessing he's going to get the pinfall for this one. I would think that's a that's a pretty good uh, bet for, yeah. for 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 this one. I, I imagine uh, Akira is here for a reason. Um, and then, the, yeah, the rest of the card it, it's got some interesting matches. Uh, Kaito Kiyomiya teaming with a uh, your tag champion Sugiura and Satoshi Kojima, as well as Doctor Wagner Junior Junior, as WH puts it, against Keno Nakajima, Masakatsu Fanaki, and Manabu Soya. Kazushi Sakuraba against Hideki Suzuki in a martial arts rules match, which could be. Um, that, that, that sounds should, cool. It'll be something different for sure. Um, Jake Lee, who's just come into Noah, is teaming with Jack Morris and Anthony Green against Masakitamiya, Daiki Inaba and Yoshiki Inomura as well. Timothy Thatcher and Masaki Mochizuki. Um, it's, it's a good card here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Noah, as I've said, I think Noah, these, these next big shows with, with Muda, the key is having some really interesting stuff going on that's going to keep this audience that's kind of checking them out for Muda and hopefully enough that they might stick around. And if they're getting Wrestle Universe, let it roll over. Um, I would totally. certainly want to shoot some big things on these two shows with, with Muda to maximize this audience checking things out. Ratings, really quickly. SmackDown, uh, this was your comeback down to Earth show after the Cena one, uh, dropping 14% in viewers to 2,257,000 and a 0.53 in the demo. Um, if you compare it to two weeks ago and factor out the Cena show, they were only down 5% in viewers and down 4 in the demo. So this was not as far off from a normal SmackDown going against uh, both the NBA and with the, uh, the Speaker of the House controversy. Cable News was uh, doing very well on Friday night. Rampage, this is just for the first hour, did 551,000 viewers, a 0.15 in the demo. Uh, both show, both numbers up from the previous week, although this wasn't as high as two weeks ago, which had the trios, casino battle royale, $300,000, um, over the top rope. Tag Team Battle Royale uh, as the big hook. But they were 30th among cable originals. Big increase in 18 to 34 from the previous week. Uh, But then Battle of the Belts started. And pretty much one in four people tuned out of the show when Battle of the Belts began. They dropped 26% in viewers, 27% in the demo uh, for the second hour, which did 409,000 viewers, 0.11 in the demo, finishing 58th among cable originals. It was the second lowest Battle of the Belts ever, so they did top the last one in October. So chalk that up to uh, Jeff Jarrett at Battle of the Belts. And yeah, it's... I mean, the way they, they stack these cards, it, it really is like top heavy, you know, like with Danielson and Mox leading the show off, trying to capitalize off of that SmackDown audience. And then, I mean, as much as I enjoyed Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy, I don't know how many people were looking forward to it at the very end. I'm curious to see like what the quarter hours look like, you know, like what 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 was Battle of the Belts basically working with? 
coming off a rampage. Yeah, my my impression would be uh, you know, sloping downward throughout throughout that hour. I mean, you're getting later on a on a Friday night. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that was uh great for them. And and more importantly, this is a concept that when you go and look at the figures of the first show, which if you remember, was on its own night. It wasn't even piggybacking off of anything. People were into this concept when it began, but there they, was curiosity. Yeah. Yes. And then they slowly learned that these were shows that are very disposable. They're an extra hour of rampage. I mean, the concept is all the titles are on the line, but I mean, does it tell you something about, about you know, how much people value the titles? I, I guess like title matches on their own probably don't mean a whole lot if you can't take the challenger seriously. And on this particular card, I mean, there are no real serious contenders. No, and I would say it wasn't even as strong a lineup as the Rampage that preceded it. So mm. it's, um, you know, it's it's an hour of programming that they have, but we have long figured out, like, what Battle of the Belts are and what level of uh, stars they're going to put on these shows. And this is kind of the level. They're not putting um, uh, what would be an example of just, you know, a Moxie and Hangman's a bad example because there's no title involved, but they're not putting that caliber of a, of a match on Battle of the Belts. Right. Uh, and then, last thing here is uh, the lineup for the next two nights. New Year's Evil has Braun Breaker against Grayson Waller, a 20-woman battle royal, which will include the likes of Jakara Jackson and Danny Palmer among the 20. I'm surprised they have 20 people. They do have 20. The huh? Creed Brothers against Inda Sheer, Tony D'Angelo against Dijak. Uh, the winner of that will get a future shot at Wes Lee for the NXT North American title. Charlie Dempsey against Hank Walker and Pretty Deadly in a gauntlet match. I can't wait to see another gauntlet after tonight uh, where the winners, if Pretty Deadly can go through the gauntlet, they will get a rematch with the New Day. And Dynamite on Wednesday, a loaded show. They're at over 8,200 tickets out, according to WrestleTix. Death Triangle and the Elite in their ladder match in the final match of the Best of Seven series. Moxley and Hangman. Brian Danielson against Takeshita. Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker against Soraya and Tony Storm. Jungle Hook against Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. And Jericho Appreciation Society will be on the show to recap Bola. Do we see Mercedes? Let's say, um, I'll say no. What do you think? I'll say yes. Okay. It's possible. Like, you could certainly do the angle early in the show where she get if, if they do an angle where Tony Storm gets taken out, everyone will know what that means. And if you put this later in the show, I think, like, you will if build that If she's not audience. coming, they have to let people know as soon as possible, if not even offline somehow. I yeah. would say they should have done the angle already and let it build up, but we will certainly know. I, I will say this, okay? If Mercedes did not show up on Wednesday, there is no justification for throwing that boss line in there with Britt Baker because so many people read into that, mm-hmm. and I don't know why you put that in there when you don't have the payoff. Agreed. Raw. From the Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, so Monday Night Football, the regular season is done. But because of the flex schedule that ESPN has, they get a playoff game next Monday. So there is NFL next week. And it's uh, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And it's a playoff game. So they will have some heavy competition next week. And we're going against the uh, the college football championship tonight. So the timing works out well that it should be clear. Uh, in two weeks when they have the big 30th Raw, the 30th anniversary show. Okay. Yes. Will there be any um, Will there be any board of directors members showing up on the 30th anniversary of Raw? Oh, goodness. 
I don't think so. Like, I I really feel like Vince must be self-aware enough to know that his presence. <laughs> Are you kidding? Company, Dude, the guy put himself on TV after the first scandal from the Wall Street Journal. Very true. Very true. But I mean, you know, um, like mentions of him coming back to creative were met with negative reaction from the share, like the, to the stock. I have to imagine like he's aware enough that like he's he's better served, certainly off camera, if not attached at all to this company. Welcome to Raw. And I want to get something out of my chest about Manjeet Singh and this investigation. <laughs> Ignace Lahoud, come on out here. He could sit cross-legged on the ramp. God. He, he could just recite the emails. Who knows, like, what, 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 like, Vince doing, you know, like, in his mansion in Connecticut these past few months, what, what, he, what, how he's changed. He could be a totally different person. Maybe, yeah, maybe he'll just burn it all. Maybe maybe he can't log into Peacock, and that's why he wants to initiate the sale. <laughs> to what? Like somewhere that's more user friendly for him. Like like a VHS company, you know. We're going to reimagine our digital strategy. We're going analog. <laughs> I'd love to see it. It's funny. <laughs> the WWE Network on VHS. Main event had uh, Odyssey Jones beating Akira Tozawa and Mustafa Ali beating Vaughn Wagner, a match that I am absolutely going to sit down and watch this week. Hey, if you missed main event, you missed Shelton Benjamin's speech on his 20th uh, year anniversary. Yeah, why didn't he get any? uh, Well, you got to subtract a few years. You got to subtract a few years in there for New Japan and whatnot. Oh, I was. uh, Yeah, I mean, he had uh, he had a gap in there. But hey, that was a. did he? he has been back for quite a while. It was like six years since they, they brought him back. Mm-hmm. Kevin Patrick opens up the show, and I swear to God, he says, there's no better time to be a WWE fan. <laughs> there's no okay. better time. Like, I'd love this, to know the This is when you want to jump on board, okay? We've got a man with multiple, a laundry hey, list I, of allegations against him. He's back in the company. It's a great time. I'd argue 1992 was pretty damn good. Dude, they, as, they were in a horrendous set of scandals when this WrestleMania went down in 1992, which we will go into. I guess I might creatively, but, or at least like with that one particular show, at least Kevin Owens is out and he goes to address Roman Reigns, but is interrupted by JBL and Baron Corbin. They insult Alabama and they state that Reigns is Georgia and Kevin Owens is Alabama, a loser. Appreciate him explaining that for, for everybody. I guess there's some football feud between Uh, the two. Well, yeah, Georgia was in the championship game tonight. Uh, Alabama Uh, was not. Owens just buries his head in boredom in the corner. And JBL gets angry, calling him a snowflake and asks, what are you in a food coma? You goofy Canadian. Owens makes fun of them and it sets up a match. No Cody clock, but we did get a graphic promoting his latest recovery video that is coming up later in the show. I would have liked the clock to know when this video was coming. Well, I mean, unless it was going to main event the thing, they probably didn't want you tuning out. I guess not. So uh, Corbin was Corbin in this match. Owens landed a swanton after the break, took the deep six, but then surprised Corbin with a stunner in 841. And for uh, the post-match, 
Jay Uso shows up and Owens goes after him. Jimmy and Solo show up and he gets super kicked into the timekeepers area, but comes back waffling them with chair shots. And I like this one part. The Usos are fleeing and they're Solo who wants to continue fighting and they hold him back. They didn't let mm-hmm. uh, Solo show any cowardice here. Let let the Usos be the ones to pull him back. But um, that was a nice touch as they they get a lot of stuff right with Solo Sokoa and how he projects that that enforcer character. Very much so. You know, he's a call up. Uh, I've said this a lot, but you know, he's a call up that's come uh, from NXT that does not at all feel like a rookie. They are not portraying him as sort of like the underling who has to prove himself. He's coming in and he's been playing very effectively the heavy of the group. He's the special attraction, the guy that they, you know, that is their secret weapon, essentially. And they've been very effective at doing that. In the back, Pierce meets with the bloodline and they're about to leave the building when Pierce informs them that. I hadn't booked Raw yet, so we're going to have a tag team turmoil (laughs) match, and the winners are going to run the gauntlet in the third hour, and they'll get to face you guys in the future. And then they go to leave, and they say, well, Solo, you have a match tonight with Dolph Ziggler. And Solo is probably thinking, who? And the Usos want to stay. But Pierce tells them they have to leave. And Owens is not allowed to touch Solo. So we never see Kevin Owens again on this show. He was asked to leave, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Yes. They explained that, yeah, he could not get involved in Solo Sokoa's match or else he would be in, in trouble. So, mm-hmm. yeah, not a, yeah, no more appearances from Kevin Owens on the show. And Solo is Solo. Yeah. Yeah. Just a way to, you know, make some matches for the rest of the card, t- uh, tease up the tag team turmoil thing, and also reminds you of Roman versus Kevin Owens. That's about it. In case you forgot, Alexa Bliss attacked Bianca Belair last week, and Kevin Patrick gives us an update. Of all-time injury announcements, Kevin Patrick comes back, and he looks all somber, and he said, we do have an update on Bianca Belair. She has multiple stitches. Yeah, did you see them? They were, that's legit. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. All right. She does. Well, well, that's I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just stating like the the drama of all of this. I mean, we hear like, you know, neck contusions and uh broken bones. Have you had stitches? I have had stitches. Come on, that's not fun. Yeah, I I got multiples when I was like younger. I like fell off stuff. Yeah. Ooh. I haven't had stitches in a long time though. Um I hope you don't. Yeah. Well, Bliss has been fined an undisclosed amount, and then she shows up and stands on the desk and said that Belair had to go run and hide because she's afraid. She is the face of evil and doesn't feel bad about what she did to Bianca. She felt she hasn't felt like this in a long time. She's finally taken control. I have the whole world in my hands, and I will tear more scars into Belair's face and take her title. We get the flicker, and there is Uncle Howdy. Well, first we see a black and white playground. And Uncle Howdy appears on the screen asking if she feels in charge. And then Uncle Howdy walked out into the arena and we went to commercial. And that was it. (laughs) Now, I add the fact that if you were someone going into Raw tonight, from Friday onwards, they promoted two things on this show. What is next for Austin Theory? And Alexa Bliss explains her actions. So this was like the most pushed thing on the show. Mm-hmm. This. I mean, jokes on you for, you know, assuming any preview for 
for a WWE show is actually worth anything. I um, set aside three hours because I wanted to hear about these actions because they resulted in multiple stitches. And I want to know what Bliss has to say for herself. Yeah, this was like many of the Bray Wyatt segments we've seen since his re-debut, painfully disappointing um, and completely unsatisfying. I mean, they just they're moving this thing at anything to do with Uncle Howdy. It's such a snail's pace that it's really, really become pretty like disinteresting to me already for a long, long time now. They think that simply seeing this thing is enough of like satisfaction for its audience who, you know, might have waited several days based off of a preview or for a live audience. It's not everybody like we know what this dude looks like. We know it's likely Bo Dallas underneath it. It's just it, it, it means nothing. You know, there's no real story advancement. I guess the most we got was like Alexa kind of like so this is not her full evil form. It's just sort of like the transitional evil form before she becomes even more evil under is, under Uncle Howdy. This is her evil face. It's her Super Saiyan level one evil. And then she's going to uh, advance to level two, presumably in the future. Yep. And then we okay. faded to uh, Mountain Dew pitch black and came back from break. Bailey uh, had a match against Meechin. And Bailey has a message for Becky Lynch that she might be jealous because you don't have friends like me and makes fun of her losing to Bailey. And she gives Sky and Kai the night off and sends them to the back. So I, like everyone, just assumed, okay, here's the overconfident heel. She has gotten rid of her backup. And Meechin's going to get, like, her big win here. No. Ba- Bailey prevailed here without any help. Uh, Meechin missed a cannonball in the corner. And then Bailey used a backslide and put her feet on the rope for leverage in 808 as Meechin fans were left with heartbreak. Pretty cold match, you know, like Meech and they've, they haven't done a whole lot with, I have to say, like they put her in matches. They, they let us know that she, I don't know. She goes drinking with these guys. Like that's about the extent. They like, they really they, had her back here. Didn't they? Isn't there an issue? Like when you're the only basis of your friendship is that you guys like you like alcohol together. I mean, that's not that bad. I suppose. I hope they have other things that they have. Maybe that maybe their new group name will be intervention. <laughs> could be That'd be quite the i'm surprised that's not taken yet hey guys do you think that alcohol <laughs> is what's keeping us all bonded together what are we if not for alcohol yeah can they stand each other right, without? yeah um but you know clearly like i think she's still very much looking for her own character and i think you see it in her in-ring like I don't know, performances like they, they seem to me like she's kind of lacking in a bit of confidence in there. I've seen her better than I've seen than than she's displayed in the WWE thus far. Um, but I, it, you know, this thing plus the angle that we're going to talk about with, with her makes me wonder if they're gearing her up for a heel turn potentially. Yes. Yes. When you don't click as a baby face, he'll turn tends sure. to be the solution. Yeah. Johnny Gargano is hurt. They stated he has a grade two AC sprain, and he did put out a comment that he injured himself at the Toronto house show uh, back on the 30th. So he and said Toronto that Toronto is a pretty significant place. Highs and lows in Toronto for Johnny Gargano. He said the medical team is going to protect me from myself for a bit, but you better believe I'm going to do everything I can to get back in that ring so I can be that guy. You all know, just let me be in that rumble. So it doesn't sound like it's too serious if he's hoping to be there in a couple of weeks for the Rumble. Kathy Kelly interviewed the Poison Pixie, Candice LeRae. Uh, Nikki Cross was lurking in the background. So that was our background scene of the night. 
and she brings up entering the Rumble. Rhea Ripley finds this hysterical, thinking that you can win the Rumble, which fair play. And we set up a match tonight where Rhea says, I'm going to squash you like a bug and another heel um, delivering on said promise, because that is exactly what she did in that match. Austin Theory walks out and pronounces the champ is here. And he brags about what he did to Rollins last week. Let's stop. We got to talk about that. You know, um, is Vince McMahon back <laughs> in charge of creative? If they're teasing John Cena versus Austin theory. I mean, they, when they did the tease, that was still the Vince era. That was June. Um, mm-hmm. that they did that. I'll be honest, like just watching that tag match with John Cena, they were so careful with John Cena that I I have my doubts of him doing like a full on like I think it's gonna have to be if he's doing a match at WrestleMania, I think it's going to be a very basic like he short had a match, match with he technically John Cena technically had a match with The Undertaker, John. When? At a WrestleMania. Um Yeah, they did more in that match than Cena did on that SmackDown show. I guess I'm just saying like they could get they could get away with a John Cena match. Okay, but how to. how do you book a three minute John Cena match where Cena is not winning the title. The US title? Yeah. Like you don't want to put the title on this guy. You could do it. Why could why couldn't you do it? You could do anything. Well, he you can't just you uh, can I, give I him learned... a big fight, he can lay him out, and then uh theory could cheat the win. Okay. Well it's definitely not light in my world, uh, to see Austin Theory and John Cena, could but be a they... tag match, you know. Yeah, it's that, not letting my world either. I mean, that's the you know what the, the tag match the is the option. The tag match is the option. Yes. Yeah, I, I just you know I, I just don't know if they would throw a line like that out there for nothing. No, and they've I mean those have been the most. It would be calling back to like they shot the angle in June. Like they did start mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, t- tag would make sense. A, a lot of sense. So Rollins is out. Um, do Austin Theory? I don't know what it is, but dude, his the Seth freaking Rollins are just. I can't not hear them. He dropped like eight here in the two minutes. Just following the style guide. You know, he's very respectful on, um, yeah. Rollins comes out on crutches, but then he removes them and he dances around like he's fine. Like he's Shawn Michaels doing a moonsault off the top after losing his smile. And then he explains though. Yeah. My knee actually isn't healed, um, but it will be healed by the Royal rumble and I'm going to win. <laughs> Like, okay, this is uh, so his knee was hurt, then it wasn't hurt, it is hurt, but it's not gonna be hurt for long, yeah. Yeah, this part was, um, I don't know, I don't really quite know what to make of it. I mean, they went off air last week with, of course, um, that spot leading to the end of the or to the match, um, and then reportedly he was selling the injury a whole lot on the way back, um, was tweeting, didn't, didn't do house shows on the weekend. Right was tweeting as if he, you know, uh, the same the same tweet he sent out the last time his knee got uh, injured in a big way, um, and then came out and did this. So could it be the truth? You know, could he legitimately have an injury? But that's not serious enough for preventing him from, I guess, dancing around. But serious enough to keep him out of action until the rumble, uh, or is this all completely a work? Uh, I guess we'll see. Like the fa- the fact he didn't do any matches over over the weekend like i don't think they would go to that extent for what what, what isn't even really like a big angle or anything like that so so it's a type of injury that allows you to craft the story a match entirely around the knee injury um and allows you to dance when you're walking out 
in doing your entrance, but it's the type of injury that also um, you probably shouldn't wrestle on until the rumble. Bobby Lashley then returns. He speared theory and tosses them to the floor and they say his suspension is over and he's going to manhandle everyone in the Royal Rumble. So one thing I did like about the show is like you were trying to get a lot of big names announced for the Rumble, um, mm-hmm. which is vastly uh, quickly approaching. So you are trying to put in a bunch of names to get the interest going and and important names too. Yeah. Rhea Ripley against Candice LeRae. Ripley just destroyed her. Uh, LeRae then stops a superplex, sneaks underneath, and gets a German off the turnbuckle. Uh, but then LeRae is caught with a reverse cross to the floor, run into the barricade where <laughs> some people isolated this clip where she's run into the barricade. And it looks like her boot caught this kid in the head. Ooh. And then uh, it looks like they have finally given a name for this Ripley submission, the prison trap. And then no, no, no. Prism. 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 Oh, it's I heard what prison. She's always, prison she sounds a lot. Prison trap makes a lot more sense now. That is true. Yeah. Prison trap should be what they call it. But have yeah, they called it, was, it this it, before? Have they been called it? In NXT, it, it, it was the prism, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I do not recall. And then she hit the riptide. Neither do they. It's all right. Well, uh, riptide 419. Ripley destroyed her. And that was it. Pretty emphatic win. But, you know, no one's beating Rhea Ripley right now. Like, she is going to be portrayed as the biggest threat in the women's division. She's she's beating men, you know? So I I think it's the type of booking that, that the way. She should be winning. She should be winning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Saxton catches up with Lashley. And MVP shows up. And they have business to discuss. He won't shake MVP's hand. But MVP reveals he got him reinstated on Raw. Which, uh, I'm so confused. So, he had been fired. Then Pierce, like, that week went on WW.com and said he, he's not fired. Mm-hmm. But he was suspended. Right. Now his suspension has been ended by MVP? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess they... they, they Something tells me that maybe they regret, regretted the wording of firing and uh, felt like a suspension was more appropriate for some reason. I mean, they could have fired him and Lashley, MVP gets his job back. They could have done that too. Right. Is there a difference? I, I mean, I don't know. Contractual laws, labor laws. Maybe they just didn't want to deal with that. Um, like if you, if you turned on me, okay, and then you mm-hmm. enlisted Omos to make my life hell and drag me to an awful WrestleMania match and suck me into this feud for months. And then I get suspended from doing podcasts. And then they tell me, you know what? You can either wait out another two weeks or way has, you know, pulled some strings to get you back two weeks early. Be like, you know what? F that guy. He made my life hell. I'm waiting the other two weeks. Well, listen, man, the, the holidays are a time of reflection. You know, they're a time to just What a great kinda... time to get suspended. Over the holidays? Are you kidding me? Maybe the, the suspension wasn't so bad. You know, got to spend some extra time at home with his family. and uh, I wouldn't be in a r- rush to come back, you know? I've had some listen, good years on top. I'm, I'm fine for a few weeks without working. We don't know what, what's going on between these guys. We don't know what their bond is, you know, but clearly the, it, it was deep enough for them to um, pound fists at the end of this segment. Well, uh, after MVP explains that, you know, he's trying to mend fences, he got Benjamin and Alexander into the tag team turmoil match. Lashley says, we're good, 
but I'm not interested right now in a reunion. So this will be our, I guess, our long tease towards the Hurt Business coming back together. We will see if they can recreate uh, the Horseman in 98. <laughs> With Omos now, potentially. Is he a part of the equation? Is he going to be a part of the Hurt Business? I think he has to be. It's the only role for him. They need to all sit down and, you know, I need to see like the big group, group discussion, like the, the intervention, you know, between Omos and Bobby Lashley. And it has to be Omos and Lashley sitting down. Oh, and the hurt business, poor Cedric and Shelton. I mean, Cedric and Shelton are probably just like, I don't care. I forgive you guys. Like, (laughs) we wanted this forever. Water under the bridge, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I forgave you like, you know, like an hour after you guys attacked me last time. It's fine. (laughs) Done. Um, but no, I like it. And this time it looks like they'll be all, they'll all be baby faces. Yeah, potentially. Then the Cody Rhodes return. It's uh, it's in motion. He notes this was his first major injury, and they focus on the Hell in a Cell match. And that, this was really well done. Like they had crowd mm-hmm. reactions, uh, stunned seeing his peck. Uh, Cody explained after a Cody cutter, he ne- he nearly vomited in the ring, which would have drastically changed his character under Vince McMahon. <laughs> that is true. He would have been a champion by now. Yeah, they would have had him come back and just, you know, be the vomiting guy with the, yeah, weird peck. Who was, who was the call up that it was Aaliyah? Remember Aaliyah? She legit oh, vomited she, on her debut. Did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was amazing. Yeah. No, that doesn't get talked about. This enough. is the last company you want to vomit <laughs> unexpectedly in. So. He said he's never watched the match back, and he doesn't plan to. Said it was a bit scary what he put himself through. And there's a shot of him walking back. I am sure this – they're making like a DVD project on him or, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I can only imagine that they had cameras strapped to this guy all day long that, at that Hell in a Cell show. The man is such a convincing promo that I could actually believe that he hadn't watched it. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's seen it 40 times. I mean, man, it was such a great match. <laughs> He had surgery four days later, and uh, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Dugas explained it was a muscular injury, not a tendon injury, which is good. And we, we heard from Brandy, and he said that you know he was ashamed that he was, was worried about what was next for him. He had some doubt, and the closing shot is him uh, entering the, the Nightmare Factory uh, to get back to work, and these will continue. So was I would it the think Nightmare the, Factory? I'm pretty sure it was. Hmm. Um, so... I imagine we get one more next week, and then I think in two weeks, um, this Rumble. Sunday, I'm coming back, or this Saturday, I'm back, and announces himself for the Rumble. I would think that's where this uh, this leads. Yeah, I hope it's not like a Lacey Evans build where we just oh we get 20 weeks. <laughs> the Rumble's over. We still see him training. He goes off to boot camp. <laughs> the yeah. American nightmare started with an American dream. <laughs> Uh, these have been excellent you know he was already going to get a big reaction the moment he showed up but i think they'll be 10 times bigger because of these videos because i mean these are the types of videos i was expecting for the past several weeks or the several past several months just to kind of keep him in in our minds but they're choosing to save him for the last four weeks three weeks that's fine that's perfectly fine yeah. yeah and you know and and i think worth noting like i like this to me is not a surprise return and Mm-mm. they just some of like they, sometimes like WWE and AEW like they get drunk off the the surprise that no one saw yeah. this coming it's like this is not one of those like Hunter showing up in the Rumble in 2002 that exactly. would have been a bad idea to come as a surprise instead you had a huge return did mm-hmm. a huge number you mm-hmm. got 
weeks of TV of Hunter leading up to it. You did a massive buy number for the Rumble that year. That's a whole aspect of this that I guess I ha- it hadn't really clicked in my head until now. I mean, Cody's entire thing is trying to capture Triple H's throne. That pec tear is his quad tear. And these videos are his A Beautiful Day YouTube YouTube videos. Aren't they? So, you know, he's going to imagine, have to- imagine they licensed, uh, th- him taking the, the robe off and the packing and just Sunday, bloody Sunday. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And the can- doctor sitting down. I can't yeah. believe the news today. <laughs> Beautiful. Absolutely love it. Um, I hope, I hope they license that, but you know, like the, 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 the big kind of announcement of him returning next week, uh, just to speak, I think will be huge in that rumble pop. It's, it's a, I announce like him on the the Philly show, the the anniversary, and the Rumble's our first appearance of him. That w- that would be how I would structure this. I think you can have you, a you big could do pop an appearance on the speaking. anniversary too. Yeah, yeah, and then a big and then a big pop for him actually entering a match and showing off, you know, that that repaired pack. Um, so yeah, no, it, it, they're doing all of this like perfectly. Another Bronson Reed video, but he was brought to the show. And Saxton introduces him as a man who made a big splash in his return. Tsunami is his finisher. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm glad that Saxton connected the dots for us. The Miz cuts off Reed's answer when asked if they have each other's back. And Miz says, you mess with one of us, you mess with both of us. And he invites Reed to be on Miz TV. And Reed says, there's no us. If you want something, pay me. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess it does make sense why Bronson Reed decided to help the Miz win the money back, right? So that he could have somebody pay him. He got yeah. a cut. It was either you know uh, Zack Saber's TMDK or the Miz, and we'll see which was the better choice. That that is sliding doors. Zack Saber Jr. or the Miz. More money though. Hey, so we missed uh, Dolph, Dolph Ziggler in the back. No, we didn't. He was there, and he's focused on being the best, and he's here for revenge tonight against Solo Sokoa. Mustafa Ali appears and says, I heard from Adam Pierce that we were offered a spot in the tag team turmoil match, and you declined. And you also cost me the U.S. title a few weeks ago. Ziggler's like, yeah, I did. I kind of suck. And he just tells Ali, I hope you understand. I had to do this tonight. It's not about tag titles. You know, you're on main event. You got a good thing going with Von Wagner. So um, <laughs> see you later, Ali. So again, the probably one of the most genuine human beings on this roster is uh, poised for a nice heel run again. We're going to try that again. And that's uh, something. Ali desperately needs something, so he'll take it. This, I think they have tried with him as a babyface, and I don't know what it is. Like maybe it's the wrong type of material. Um, but he's not. I don't think he's that great. Like as this babyface character, his promo here, I thought felt very kind of like poorly delivered. So. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know if a heel run is like the right type of thing for him I, either. Like, but it's he's a great wrestler, and I I think we know he could be a great promo. But for some reason, just in this system, it has just not clicked for him. So we'll see. We'll see what this leads to. It led to Solo Sokoa and Dolph Ziggler. Um, I, I thought Ziggler did a nice job in this match. Solo Sokoa being out there in a singles match for eleven minutes, it did not help that this crowd. 
Uh, they did not buy Ziggler in this match, and I they just seemed just so quiet at times here. Ziggler got a f- – he hit at one point this jumping DDT, and you it's like his big hope spot, and he goes for the cover. One, two, kick out by Sokoa. Not a peep from this crowd. Ziggler then stops a Samoan drop. He hits the zigzag. The crowd reacts to this kick out. But then the Famouser is caught. He sends Ziggler in the air. Samoan spike and pins him in 10.56. I just think this one went longer than it needed to. I just thought, yeah, probably that. You know, I just thought it was a very average match, which was just not to say it was bad. Like Dolph Ziggler matches, I think, are always good. But it's just like I, I don't really care that much about them. Um, nothing all that memorable from it either. And then the Usos returned. They snuck back into the building to celebrate. I'm sure that will be explained. Who let them back in the building? Kathy Kelly interviewed Bailey and Michin shows up. So they beat the hell out of her and call her a fraud and a cheat. And she's left laying and really has to contemplate. Why am I in a group when I'm getting beat up by myself all night long? Oh, I mean, I guess they're uh, Gallows and Anderson were prepping. They're probably off drinking, really. Yeah, the I whole can gimmick. find Meech chasing down at the bar. Yeah, nice, nice gun stun you took there last Wednesday. <laughs> um, they weren't at the bar; they were getting ready for their match. That's what I meant. Yeah, they oh, were getting okay. ready. Okay. Um, the the one key line here was uh, to me Bailey basically saying, you know, you shouldn't stick up for somebody who won't do the same for you. Like, so it just kind of led me to wonder if they were setting up a Meech versus Becky type of thing. Yeah, I mean, you just put her in this group, though. It's like... But AJ's gone. Like, without AJ, the group doesn't work. Like, you can't have a factor with Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and Meechin. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's 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 go to the best segment of 2023, and 22, and 21, and oh 2020. God. It's Ms. TV. We're on tonight's Ms. TV. We're taking Should a I tweet look. this out? Should I, like, let people know you're about to recap this? Sure. On tonight's edition of Ms. TV, it's a very special edition of the show because Ms. TV is going to be probing the justice system. <laughs> Out comes the Judgment Day. And we had a teaser of this going to break because there in the back is the Judgment Day featuring Dominic with a purple bandana around his face. And I just thought, it, dude, the amount of messages I got from people uh, – in the moments after this uh, was significant. So they come out and it's all four of them. And Miz apologizes. He does not have chairs for priest and Finn Balor to which Dom just says, you always roll with your crew. And Miz tells him what happened, what happened in jail. And Dominic looks left and Dominic looks, looks right. And he stares at Miz snitches, get stitches. (laughs) A line that I will forever have ingrained in my memory. And if ever there was the solidified turn of this man in my in my heart, it was this line, this moment that has all been building up to this segment. And he explains, or it's Balor and Rhea that tell him, it's okay. You can snitch. What happened in there? I was locked up with the world's most dangerous people. Not knowing where your next meal was going to come from? I'll tell you a story. There was only one way for me to see mommy on the other side. I had to grab, grab prison by the balls. Kind of like Maurice does with you, Miz. 
And then the story he shares is that his roommate was wanting to punch a hole in Dominic's face. Could you imagine this? So Dominic got up from his top bunk. He, he emphasized that he claimed the top bunk. He climbed down. He woke this man up and explained, do we have a problem? I did not think so, mister. Back to sleep. And being in jail, I truly knew how Martha Stewart felt. <laughs> Dude, how this guy said this stuff with a straight face. I couldn't watch this with a straight face. And as Ms. points out that you were actually only in there for a few hours, the group gets upset and Ms. backs down. Dude, to his credit, Ms. was great in this segment. Like, he always he was, is. He made this guy, like, he made this work. But, dude, Dominic was, um, I mean, Mega the Golden star. Globes are tomorrow night, and he should be everyone's right in. Um, oh, goodness. Dude, Dominic Mysterio was just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, listen, everybody, like, there's there's definitely a bit of um, sort of like, I don't know, we're laughing at him, not necessarily with him type of thing. But, I mean, Speak for yourself. he is in on the joke now. And at this, at this point, like, all of these reactions that we're giving him are exactly what they're looking for. He is excellent at doing everything that he should be with this particular role. They are like dressing him up like this, like making him just like great, excellent meme material. But like in terms of like social media, I don't know if there's a bigger reaction like that I saw tonight than to Dominic in this getup. Um, Dude, that shot of him in the back was everywhere after it aired. Yeah. I really enjoyed the way that they had, you know, a heel in the Miz. Mm be offended by Dominic's sort of line so that it justified Miz exposing Dom with the, um, like, you know, only a few hours in prison type of thing. Um, it, it was great. I, I mean, every Dominic segment is incredibly, incredibly fun. And I thought this was very successful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, great on them to just run with this. Um, mm-hmm. It's perfect. It's perfect. And it ties in with the Ray program. Like here was the family that put him in jail. Like it is the whole setup to get there. It was, it was tremendous from uh, Dominic and company. So much more fun you could have with this. I mean, well, you know, they'll be going for the titles, but I mean, man, they'll, I don't know the amount of potential that you could have. Like, I want to see him actually like go to like, um, like meet up with a gang, you know? <sighs> Dude, shooting vignettes with him back yeah. in the street. I mean, they could do some great stuff with Dominic, and they so rarely do this kind of stuff. I really hope they just go all in and have They should fun. do the Book of Hobbes segment, but like with Dominic. <laughs> what I've seen? <laughs> the Book of Dom. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, this was great. He's going to be a baby face at the end of all this. Eventually, sure. Yeah. So we ended up getting the whole third hour was the judgment day. <laughs> it was a lot. So this tag turmoil, um, we start off with Finn Balor and Damian Priest against Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Uh, Dom trips up Carl from the floor, and this leads to Balor rolling up Carl in 10 minutes and 17 seconds, a much smoother finish uh, this week for Carl. Balor and Priest then take on Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Um, they might be on good terms, but... They're not there yet. That was the story here. Um, Alexander was just, this was my one match every couple of months on Raw. So I'm going to go all out for 449. He hit the Neuralizer. Crowd was not into this. Alexander gets hit with the South of Heaven and then the Coup de Grasse, 449. And Balor and Priest advance yet again. Next is Alpha Academy. 
where they got the heat on Gable and built up. They pretty much positioned Alpha Academy as default baby faces, given this pairing with Balor and Priest. So mm. Otis gets the hot tag, which has happened before, where the crowd gets into Otis. Otis hits the discus elbow to Damien. We got a shoot. Judas Priest. <laughs> Excellent. The caterpillar is hit. And then uh, Otis goes to hit the Otis bomb on Balor, who pulls Gable on top of him. So Otis hits the Otis bomb, squashing Gable, but in the process, squashing Balor underneath both men. So he Priest is able to pin Otis after a lariat in 443, but Balor's ribs are destroyed from taking the Otis bomb, and he can't continue. Adam Pierce is stating you either need to forfeit and Dominic is like, come on, Finn, come on. Or Dominic can substitute for you. And the facial reaction on Dominic, he's seen a ghost. And Dominic has to go along and replace him. He is just a tremendous coward. I understand, like, figuring out a play to kind of, like, put Dominic center stage. I guess I it wasn't necessarily explained to me enough why Dominic all of a sudden is so timid when... He's been actively tag teaming with these guys for months now. Plus, he is the only former tag team champion of any of them. He's also a fresh man after this 30-minute match. How is this at all a disadvantage? Why Why is he at all timid because of this? He had his dad, and now now he doesn't. He's, I mean... It, it, Has it stopped him from wrestling other matches? I mean, he's a coward. He's a, he's a cowardly heel. He wasn't before. Well, he is now. It's it's a different role. There's some oh, turns where it doesn't make sense for this one. Prison changes you. Okay, enough. Enough explained. Yeah. Well, it was... Uh, have you ever been in prison? Can't say I have. No. Okay. Damien Priest and Dominic against the Street Profits. Um, dude, Angelo Dawkins is... He was tremendous. Tremendous in this match. Like, Ford Ford was very good, too. Like, this, this team... like. Just where they were a year ago versus yeah. now. Like, man, Dawkins did a tope con hero at one point here. Patrick had a Kevin Patrick had a good line here that there are Instagram stories longer than Dominic's time in county jail. He made sure to say county jail instead of prison. So, um, yeah, Dawkins hit the tope con hero. It looked fantastic. Uh, Balor's Balor is screaming in pain this whole match as he's icing his ribs. Rhea's on the floor. Yes, Dom Dom, show him that prison prison aggression. Like, dude, everyone was great here. Dom goes for the six one nine, but Dawkins cuts him off with an elbow, and then the Street Profits do the pounce into a German by Ford in midair on Dominic, who's so small that he works great for these kinds of uh, double team maneuvers by the Street profits ford then leaps over dominic who is who is clutched over in the corner he leaps over him with a dive over the corner post to the floor follows with a 450 on dom and when damian priest pulls out Ford to the floor this whole crowd was just just they all were shocked that this was not the ending they were very invested here at the end Ford then hops to the apron, and Priest runs himself into the steps, missing Ford. Dominic, from behind, rolls up Ford, puts his feet on the rope with the assistance of Rhea, and pins Ford in 16-16. So Dominic, Damian, and Balor, some combination of these three, will get title shots against the Usos, who came out and held up the titles in front of the Judgment Day as the show went off the air. Um, 
this tag turmoil, it was very long. It took up the whole third hour, pretty much. Um, the last match was the strongest. The others were, this crowd was not all that behind it. And it's not like it was this spectacular uh, series of matches either. But uh, I, I did enjoy the Street Profits uh, uh, at the end. Yeah, built to a nice finish. You know, I like the focus on Dominic uh, between, you know, the Miz TV segment to the closing moments of this match. Dominic came out of this show really feeling like a central figure of WWE Raw in its entirety. And I thought that was a wonderful thing. I'm very curious to see how they book that um, tag team match. You know, you're talking about two heel factions. Um, how is that going to look like? I have to imagine Dominic you know, is, is one of the people that will be actively in the match. Maybe we'll shoot some vignettes about, you know, um, Balor, um, assuming that as leader or I don't know, uh, longest tenured person that he's going to take over, but maybe Dominic is going to buy for it. Maybe that'll, that'll be some tension who knows, but yeah, a lot of uh, good attention and focus put on Dominic Mysterio tonight. Yeah, I don't know what it says that Dominic is like the most interesting thing on Raw, um, what that uh, entails, but he is for me <laughs> at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, what I liked about the show, I, I did like the the emphasis on the Rumble and starting to get some names attached because we, we've got two two episodes to build up the Rumble. And this typically happens each year where they just assume that the Rumble sells itself and it's just this big um, you know, just everyone's in it and there aren't like a whole lot of stories going into it. I, I do hope like we get some, some promos from people and what winning the rumble means. You know, this is, this is Hunter's first chance to truly book like the rumble buildup. And one of those shows is the anniversary show. So that's, uh, you know, that's going to have all your legends over it as well. So it's, hmm. it's a lot of stuff they have to push over the next, uh, three weeks. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I hope a lot of the storylines that they're setting up right now play into the Rumble itself. But beyond that, I thought it was a pretty dull edition of Raw. I didn't think that there was much great wrestling to speak of. Most of it to me was quite forgettable. Anything to do with the bloodline and Kevin Owens, I didn't think was all that significant for this particular show. Um, what else this, is the, this is such a distinction right now between SmackDown and Raw. It's like everything is geared towards Owens and Zayn on SmackDown. And it's like this every week. Like the big matches, it feels like, are on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the Alexa Bliss thing to me was just Lame. like a waste with Uncle Howdy. Um, I don't know. Some other stuff happened. Lastly, an MVP getting back together. That's kind of significant. The Cody video I thought was very good. Yep. The Cody th th This show desperately needs cody back agreed desperately yeah agreed so there you have it those were our thoughts on raw and if you have any super chats or feedback we're going to finish off the show with you the listener let's go to forum.postwrestling.com john would you like to start us off Muggin is the first one here. The final hour of Raw was carried very well by the Judgment Day and the tag team turmoil going up against the Usos leaves nobody to root for. Heel versus heel matches can work, but putting it on Raw's 30th anniversary in two weeks makes a lot of sense with Philadelphia being a smart wrestling city and they'll be hot for the match. I bet Edge and Beth will make their return there to get their receipt. The Raw tag title titles being up for grabs does provide a chance to split up the tag titles and that's worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, that is interesting. Hmm. Do they go with the bloodline having all the belts all the way up until WrestleMania, or can the Usos um, drop them? Does, does the rain still? The rain is registered for for what the SmackDown championships, right? That's that's their record, right? Yes. So they could lose the Raw championships and still hold 
or continue their, their record. So yeah, perhaps let's go to Alex in Portland who says, what a terrible show. Did raw come to us from Antarctica? The crowd felt so cold, but I don't blame them opening the show with a Baron Corbin match. No, thanks. Bronson Reed comes across like a generic heavy. I feel like his win over Okada last year doesn't mean much anymore. Not on Raw, does it? It means nothing. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Patrick forgot to bring that up. Yeah. Um, maybe if Michael Cole was calling the show, he would have uh, went through all the G1 results, perhaps. But uh, An honorary TMDK member? <laughs> it's Jonah. I'm sorry. Bronson. Yeah. I don't. It means nothing on Raw. Meechin really got her ass handed to her. Was there any real reason she couldn't have been around Gallows and Anderson at all tonight? Um, yeah, they could be splitting her. I mean, why not? I, we, I think that's kind of likely. Without AJ, that group just does not work. Uncle Howdy and Alexa Bliss came across as kind of lame. I'm more interested in seeing this MVP Lashley story. The best part of the show was seeing main event Dominic get a title tag title shot. If Jared, Jeff Jarrett can get over as a credible tag team challenger, so can Dom. Dom won the tag team championships with his dad. How can, he's the most credible tag team wrestler of any of them. Yes. Um, I don't think that's as big an issue. All right. Well, thanks, folks, for the feedback and for tuning in tonight to Rewind a Raw. Tuesday night, Post Wrestling Cafe members, we will be dropping Rewind Away number 123, covering WrestleMania 8 from April of 1992, headlined by um, Money Incorporated against Earthquake and Typhoon, among many matches. Way, where are you at on WrestleMania 8? I have an hour left. I just finished Flair versus Savage. Okay. Um, so, I mean, Sid Justice, Hulk Hogan, here I come. Um, Do you think it's going to be Hulk Hogan's last match? Um, something tells me he'll be wrestling for uh, like 15 more years. Yeah. Man, man they when, when business was down, my goodness, they're teasing uh, Hulk Hogan's retirement, uh, nude photos, blood, Jeez. Uh, I mean, they just take, hey, we, we got to use everything we've got. It's uh, WrestleMania 8 from the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, so there you have it. PostWrestlingCafe.com, $6 gets you in the door. Bonus shows this week with the WrestleMania 8 review and Hard to Kill coming at you Friday night with myself and John Ceno. And uh, Wayne and I will also be chatting with you Wednesday night, 10 Eastern, right after Dynamite from Inglewood, California at the Forum and talking about what should be uh, a tremendous wrestling show on Wednesday night. Yeah. Does Mercedes Monet show up? Let us know in the comments. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and have a great night.